you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. I'm just leaving up there. He couldn't make that if he tried that again. Absolutely not. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by my colleagues, Brandon Anderson, NBA futures analyst, who is trying to recover for the Minnesota Timberwolves as he's a Wolves fan, but somehow not as mad as I am at them and professional better Raheem Palmer, who's going to victory lap today because he took a team with a 2% chance of victory and somehow got it. We'll talk about all the series today. This is going to be a longer episode. We're going to look at big series looks about series prices, what the value is, where we think you should bet these series. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to do best bets for the weekend's games. We'll run down the, the games that we know that we have. We're recording this on Friday morning, so we don't have the results of Friday night, which means we also don't have those nights as lines for Sunday. We will talk very briefly about how to bet those games, depending on what the outcome is and what our general feeling is for game four, based off of our expectations for game three. But those will be lighter, obviously, because we can't predict the future. Because if I could, I definitely would, have bet, would not have bet on the Minnesota Timberwolves to cover plus two when they had a 26-point lead. I didn't bet then, but I'm just saying... Uh, everything we talk about today can be found in the Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks, get up the second information where the bets and money are coming in. You can do all of that and more in the award-winning Action Network app. You can find great picks in there from Brandon, like Jazz Plus 1400 to win the Western Conference and more, as well as the ones that he's going to win and gloat over me forever. Let's get started, fellas. Let's go to Celtics Nets, the big high, high, the headliner, the marquee event of the first round. Ryan Palmer. I'm going to make this like, I'm going to direct this very simply to you. In game one, the Celtics had more second chance points, more points in the paint. They had more threes made. We got a great game from Tatum. Al Horford at 20 and 15. They won by one, by one point on a twisting game winner layup with no timeout taken, no time remaining. In game two, they trail by 17. The Nets play awesome basketball. Kevin Durant in this series is shooting 18 percentage points worst on contested looks versus the very good Boston Celtics defense. Kevin Durant is the one that is unperforming, underperforming in this series. Was I wrong when I took the Nets plus one and a half on the series spread and to win the series? Did I cap this wrong? I think you capped this thing wrong just because, you know, they, they have the saying, the series doesn't start until a team wins on the other team's floor. So you're looking at two games where the Nets probably should have won, but they kind of pissed them away. Um, the Nets are coming home, and we all know home court advantage in the NBA playoffs is substantial. So Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they're going to have to drop 60, 70 points in order for this team to win a game. And I think they've proven that they can get the offense going enough to do that against this Celtics team which they can go through droughts. So I don't think you necessarily capped it wrong on the plus one and a half, but I did like the Celtics to win this series. I felt like Tatum can be the best player in this series, and he's proven that. He's, he's locking down Kevin Durant on the other end of the floor. And look, defense wins championships, and the Celtics have the best defense in the league. So I like the Celtics. I wouldn't have went Nets plus one and a half, but I don't think you were totally proven wrong yet until we see – how things go when the series shift first round teams that go up to O with home court advantage 
are 82 and four all time via who wins.com. Yeah. Which is why we need to stop with the whole series doesn't start until you, the home, like, no, it started. It's, it started and it's over in most cases because you go up to a with home court, like you're done. <laughs> so Brandon, um, here's my thing. Um, I think here, if I, if I did get this wrong, here's where I think I honestly got it wrong. And it was estimating Steve Nash versus Udoka. These are two first, not first time Nash was around last season. Um, this is a first time head coach in the email Udoka. First time in the playoffs. He's been with a lot of playoff teams Had experience in San Antonio as a player and as a coach and then Philadelphia, all these places. So email Udoka versus Steve Nash, who, you know, like I've made fun of this a lot. Basically, like Kyrie said, like we don't really see the head coach as like being a head coach, like more of like a consultant. And like it just really shows like Nash has no control over the offense. Nash has very little input on what they do. And Nash's challenges were terrible in that game in game two. Like the coaching advantage for Boston is considerable here. I don't know whether I should have expected that or not, given that Udoka was a known unknown in a playoff environment. But to me, that's one of the reasons why if I wind up losing these bets, it's going to be because of the coaching edge, not necessarily the X's and O's of the matchup. I think it's even too early to say that still. So I'm going to give you credit here, Matt, because I'm going to not give you credit on the same thing on a different series. So I have to give you credit where it is, which I think that you made the right call here. Before the series started, I really felt pretty good about the Celtics. And I think your Nets plus one and a half was the right play. You can't, we can't do the well, but they lost now. So like, it's probably going to lose, but it also was the right play because we've seen the Nets, a team I thought was very outmanned and outgunned go to Boston with where there's a big home court advantage with Durant, not playing very well and nearly won, had a chance to win both of those road games. I never would have given the Nets credit to be able to do that. And like, if you play both the ending of those games out, I think in an overwhelming number of scenarios, this is at least a one, one series right now. And the Nets pretty easily could be up to oh. So I think right now with what we're seeing it's a bit results oriented to be like, well, it was the bad cap. The Nets just never had like, no, actually it was the right cap. I think I probably had the bad cap that I thought the Celtics had this a little too easily. And I might luck into getting it a little more easily. Cause to me, the problem is not something about the Nets or something about the coaching or the X's and O's Celtics still are the better team, but not by as much as I thought going in. The problem is they're down. Oh, two and they have to win four to five now. And like on a game to game basis, I would not have given the Nets credit for a game to game to be a coin flip before the series. I wouldn't have. Now I would. Now I would say that any of these games could go either way. However, they got to win four to five coin flips, and you don't do that most of the time. You don't even win three out of five coin flips most of the time. So even if you think they're coin flips, they still only win the series 19% of the time going forward. So the problem isn't something terrible about the nets i honestly i wonder if we need to lower a little bit what we thought about the celtics based on like is the takeaway brooklyn is better than i thought or boston isn't quite as good as i thought i don't know yet i need to see a a little bit more from the series i think we're going to see celtics in five or six but this series could be a celtics in five but have been a very tight contested series that could have easily been nets in five the way it's headed so far. Here's what annoys me is like, I've, I've railed on this Nets team all year and they're losing because of all the things I railed on them on. Like I railed on them for all of these things and they're doing all of that. And I will say like, I will get myopic in terms of looking at the matchup, right. Trying to find value. Cause to me, that's like a known variable that I, mm. that I can understand because I, I can't predict things like composure, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, I can't predict things like shot variance, but I can predict how teams perform over the long haul versus various schemes. And that was where I thought the edge where it was here. I will tell you, I decided I very rarely do this. I did typically just take my loss and go home. I double down. Uh, I took nets plus two and a half minus half minus one forty three at bet rivers this morning. Raheem, that was my, that was a bet I put in this morning was I was like, you know what? No, like Kevin Durant's going to play better. I refuse to believe Kevin Durant's not going to play better. I'm taking the plus two and a half minus 143. 
think that's a very good bet. And look, I mean, for me personally, I think they're going to win game three. I can't see this team going down 3-0. I just, I can't at all. I mean, with this offense, I just think they really got to just clean up little things. And I think they clean up the little things. I think they get it done. Well, at least they've got good coaching in order to take care of that. All right, let's go to the other thing that's pissed me off. Wait, wait, wait. We, we got to talk not bigger picture than just this series, though. Like, let's, like, are, are we doing like, like, like title futures, you know, like the, the Boston, Brooklyn, these are two of the teams that are up for the title, especially we'll get to Milwaukee, but especially now that Chris Middleton is hurt and that whoever wins this series ostensibly is the favorite now next series and maybe the favorite after that. So where are we on Boston or Brooklyn futures? I tweeted out uh, after the Middleton injury is the Nets were at 19 to one to win the title. We waited. We kept saying, don't bet on Brooklyn. Don't bet on Brooklyn. There's going to be a better futures price. Is this the spot to bet on Brooklyn? I did the math on it. I have a take, but what do you guys think? Is there an angle here or is it, is it too big of a hole? I did the math probably going to say that there's value on it. I don't, uh, my whole thing is I just, I don't want to bet it. I just, I, you know, cause here's my thing is even if they get lucky versus Milwaukee, by the way, the word out of practice this morning is two weeks on, on mid. That's oh, huge. That's it's huge. not, it's yeah. not four to six, it's two. If he's back in two weeks, honestly, if they can get like, let's assume they get past the bulls, which is a question mark at this point, but if they get past the bulls, it, that series is going to go long. It's one, one. That's not the worst thing that gives mid more that gives mid more time to get back for a second round series. They have to play more games, which sucks, but it increases the risk of them being eliminated outright. But I'm feeling better about Bucks futures than I was yesterday. Um, I don't like Brooklyn. I I think the only play is Boston. I think the question is, if if you're not sold that the Heat or Heat or Sixers can beat Boston, which you can make those arguments. But if you don't think Heat or Sixers can beat Boston, I think you have to bet Boston, even though they're the favorite. Not taking any Nets futures at all. And I think the reason why is Steve Nash has pretty much had to play Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving 40-plus minutes just to make the seventh seed down the stretch. And now they're in a grueling series against the, the Boston Celtics where Kevin Durant is getting beat up, he's getting bombed out, he's getting depleted. And look, at minimum, you're looking at a six-game series, a tough six-game series, which probably could go seven if the Nets are going to win this series. Then you got to go through the Bucks and Giannis. I don't think they're going to get through this series, but asking them to go through through the Bucks or even the Bulls at this point, and then the Sixers in the Heat, I just don't see it. Like I, I just, I just don't. On top of that, I'll say this: uh, Ben Simmons is coming back as a Nets better. I hate this. I hate this as a Nets better. It's not that I think Ben Simmons sucks. It's not that I like. I, I understand who Ben Simmons is. I understand how good Ben Simmons is defensively. I know what Ben Simmons can do in transition. I know what Ben Simmons brings on the rebound edge. I know all these good things about Ben Simmons. I don't boil him down to the one play that he messed up on and his inability to shoot. My problem is if they play him, they're playing Bruce Brown less. They need Bruce Brown. They need the short roll option. I have no confidence he's going to play center. That would be great. Play switch all. That's fine. And and there's new there's news this morning. Robert Williams might be back for game three or game four. Like why I've just talked myself out of the bet. I made. Oh God. Oh God. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Brandon, I think, I think it's, it's Celtics or nothing. So to your bet earlier, I I don't like the, the plus two and a half for the nets because I think it's a very realistic possibility that Boston goes to Brooklyn wins. One of the two, I think is very real outcome and then goes home and takes care of business. Uh, so I, I wouldn't have made that bet, certainly at the minus 140. Here's where I'm at on the futures. I thought there was value on Brooklyn because the number got so long now. There's still not value. The, the number was just so bad before that it's no longer horrendously bad. It's still bad, though. And here's the problem. Like we said, I think the Nets are only like 15 or 20% to win the series right now because the hole is so big. So no matter how much, I, I like them much better now going forward. Even, you know, we'll see what the Middleton news. Maybe that changes my math some a little bit for sure. But you start, you got to multiply all these percentages together. And if you're starting with a 15 or 20%, it just kills everything else. So I don't think there's value in Brooklyn, but I'm going to wait and watch. We're not going to record before we get to this again. If Brooklyn wins game three, that literally nearly doubles the odds that they would have to win the East or to win the title because being down 2-1, like we can't think of they won game three. Oh, they still have to come back from down 0-2. No, they don't. That's over. They just have to come back from down 2-1 now. And it's a much more even series. 
Like it's more like a two to one sort of advantage then. So if Brooklyn wins game three, I don't think the odds will shift enough. And then I think there maybe would be value on the Nets, but there still isn't right now. Yeah. I, I, I think they're going to shift. Like that's, I mean. But they're not a shift. They're not going to, they're not going to cut in half though, which is what I'm saying is it, I, I think if they win game three, it literally doubles their odds because of the hole that they're in right now. They will shift, but they're not going to shift half. So where do you see it going? Because I mean, I'm, I'm like right now we have them at plus eighteen hundred at Fanduel to win the title, and we have them at what do we have them for the Eastern Conference? Uh, yeah, plus plus one thousand. Yeah, plus one plus one thousand. So it's like, I mean, this could go down to plus five hundred to win the East. And yeah, I don't think I don't think it drops that far. I, I think it cuts. Mm-hmm. I think it cuts maybe like seventy five percent of what the number is right now. And yeah, then I, was I think that like, there's closer I, I, to was, I was gonna say like plus eight fifty if they win game three for the East. Yeah, I think I think they gotta win two. If they win two, it goes to plus five hundred. Yeah, but, but see, but I that yeah, that's I, I bet future is different than you, which I know. Like I'm trying to get the big payout, but. I, I want to wait till the, the game right before the game. You like yeah. to wait till no, you good. see the thing and then act. This is not it. This is the game before the game before the game. Like, yeah. you got to wait for one. You want to see yeah. signs of life. Yeah, well, there's signs of life, but you can't go down 0-3 or your ticket's shot. So yeah. you got to wait for one. Well, what you really want, yeah. Um, we'll talk about, like, a spot that I found that was kind of like that um, mm. a little bit later. Uh, let's move on. So I bet Wolves will win the series. Uh, ben, plus two and a half. Ben, plus one and a half. I bet I'm plus two in game three at 26 point lead. I'm at the arena for Nuggets Warriors. The spot, the Wi-Fi is spotty and I'm distracted talking to people. And so I don't take the opportunity. And I, I swear to God, I thought about it. I was like, I should bet. I was like, oh, I need to bet Grizzlies here, especially when they were at the first 20 point lead. I was like, oh, I need to bet Grizzlies here. But then after the Grizzlies closed it, I was like, oh, well, the value is gone. Okay. And then they, they got back up 20 and that was where I missed the opportunity. Like I did, I, I, when they went back up by 20, I was like, there's no way they're blowing two 20 point leads. Oh, contraire, mon frere. 26 point blown lead, 50 to 13, 50 to 13 run. Raheem, you said this to me last night. You're like, you just didn't, he's like, you didn't cap the emotional part of the game. And you're right in that. I knew that whenever these games were going to get close, I didn't like, the wolves i knew that i didn't expect it to be like this though like i didn't expect the 26 point collapse two 20 point collapses in the same game at home in game three they've done so much of what i wanted them to do raw and i'm i'm still gonna lose this bet did i get this one wrong man i wrote an article for the new york post the toronto raptors we're playing the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think we gave it out on buckets, Wednesday workshop or something like that. The Minnesota Timberwolves were up 40 to 23 with nine minutes left in the second quarter. Do you know what the score was at halftime? What? It was 51-49. I had the Timberwolves plus one and a half for the first half. They lost the first half after being up 40 to 23 with nine minutes left in the second quarter. So when I was watching the game last night, I had flashbacks of that. And I knew that this is a team that can melt down at any time. And really, they shouldn't have beaten the the Clippers. The Clippers melted down. So this is a young team. They're running with kids like Mike Bivens. Another bad creation. I don't know if you guys know. They're not, though. Realize the thing. They're not that young. This is a narrative I want to fight back on. Towns is, is has been in the league now five, six years. He's been in one playoff series. Yeah, I, I get and, that. And still, and still, he's undisciplined because he can't stay out of foul trouble. You're right. So to me, it's like this is a team that was capable of mounting down. The thing about Memphis is they struggle to score in the half court, but when the other team isn't scoring, it's just free. It's, it's just they roll downhill. I thought I said this last night. They they capitalize on momentum better than any team I've honestly ever seen, including the Warriors. I have never yep. seen a team pounce on you once momentum turns. Um, Brandon, is this the one that you think I got the cap wrong on? Yes, because okay, hit me. So let's just say this up front. This is not a victory lap. I'm a Timberwolves fan. I promise you, last night was not a victory lap for me. Yeah, but However, you love hating your team more than anybody else I know. No, look, I, I am on a lot of text threads with a lot of Minnesota fans. This is this is just a day for Minnesota sports fans. Like Vikings, Twins, Timberwolves. This this is just how Minnesota sports goes. Like 
literally nobody I know who's a Minnesota fan was even remotely surprised what we saw last night for two reasons. Number one, because all Minnesota sports fans hate ourselves and this is what happens and we talk ourselves into it. But number two, that's this team. This is the cap that I had before the series. I said Grizzlies would win in like six because the depth was a big advantage. And I like second quarter, especially, and more than anything, discipline. I said that the Grizzlies were going to win a game or two specifically because of the discipline that Minnesota lacked. And what Raheem saw from that one game and what we saw last night, that is what we've seen from this team all season long. It's what we've seen from this team and the same iteration of it last year and the year before and all the Towns teams and all the Delo teams. Like, this is who they are. They don't have composure. It's not about being young. These teams are both young. The Grizzlies probably are younger on average. This is just their identity. Towns can't not foul. He doesn't know how to change his game. He can't do it. It can't get coached out of him. This is who Patrick Beverly is. I love Patrick Beverly, but that's, he only can play that way. It's the same as Draymond Green. It's just that Draymond Green is better at the stuff that he does, but he only can do the thing he does. This game was an absolute failure at the highest level for Carl Anthony Towns. An absolute failure. They benched Steven Adams. They knew coming into the game, this is the size advantage. This is the series. We have a shot now. We're at home. 1-1. We got the game in Memphis. What does Carl Anthony Towns do? Eight points, five rebounds. He takes four shots. Four shots the entire game. He has as many turnovers as shots. He has more fouls than shots. That is an absolute fail by the guy that is supposed to be the franchise leader and the team. He's not the franchise leader anymore. That This has to be... When you have a team like this that has such a taste for losing, the franchise that has a taste for losing, you need somebody to take that away, and that's not Towns. It might be Ant. It, I think it can be Ant. It has to be Ant now. This is this to me last night and this series. This is it for this being Towns' team. This is Ant's team now, and Ant can pull them out of this. But look, Jaw was five of eighteen. Jaron Jackson was in foul trouble, scored six points. Adams, a starter, is out of the rotation. They're down 20 twice, and they won anyway. Like, this is it for the Wolves. It's You can't lose that game. You just can't. Yeah, I agree. Um, my only thing here is I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you on the composure front, and I would have been fine losing the series bet to win outright. Fair. Yeah, that, that you got screwed on in the game. It's that they've <laughs> lost this game in particular with a 20 yeah. – like, it's like the it's like how bad this percentage was. It's that yeah. with this one in game one of the net series, I've lost two games where it's like, look, if I lose another one where it's like their win probability was like 55 percent, 60 percent. I've got like 90 percent win probability and they're losing that. Yeah. To me no, no, no. Like, you you had ninety nine point six percent win yeah. probability at one point, which why, by the way, I would not really give much victory lapping to someone who put the equivalent of like a ten dollar bat on a nine to one like, oh, well, the. Grizzlies are trailing, but maybe they'll come around uh, 99%. Like, oh, yeah, I, I got the right cap. I, I wouldn't really give someone credit for that sort of bet. Rod loves taking victory laps when he takes dogs that shouldn't win. He loves that. <laughs> you know, the thing is, I rarely do it. Like, I mean, like, you can count the amount of times I've done it this year. The one time I did it this year was with your Kansas City Chiefs, who scored in 13 seconds. Hit me on the Chris Finch thing that you want to hit before we move on. What's the deal with Chris Finch? Because I just don't understand how you just don't call a timeout. 21-0 run. It's like I've seen Phil Jackson do it with Shaq and Kobe and Jordan and Pippen. Dwayne Casey has had his moments in Toronto, which were infuriating. But to me, you got to call a timeout. I don't disagree. I think a lot of it is just like you're, you're trying to hold them because you're like, all right, they're going to make a run. This is going to be a close game late. You don't expect your team to melt down to the degree that they did where they wind up losing by double digits and you don't even have a chance to use them. Um, you're waiting for the variance to run out and then you're trying to stabilize. He should have taken a timeout. He will do yeah. it next time. Like next time he'll do it. First time, head, like he's not first time head coach. He's head coach on a lot yeah. of sp- spots. Like he's, he has experience, but I think like playoff wise next year, like next time this happens, which probably will, uh, he'll take a timeout. The other thing I will say is like, to me, this comes down to Pat Bev. They need a veteran leader. They needed somebody that was going to be like, get your heads yes. right. Yeah. 
that, that's, Pat that's the, is, is the Minnesota tech threads this morning. That's what we're all talking about. Like, oh, well, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Mike Conley, like we're all talking about like, who's, who's the guy to come in and stabilize some things and, mm-hmm. and be the leader on the court. We, we don't have her. For the team One thing I'll say though, I know you're, I know Brandon is doom and gloom and man, I know you're kind of doom and gloom right now. Cause you have the series bet, but I think the Timberwolves win game game four. Let's wait for okay. for the picks. Okay. okay. Uh, wait, what, one more, one more quick thing. I, Assuming that the series plays out like this, the thing that I want to keep in mind about the Grizzlies is that, Matt, you were right about the flaws you saw in this team, and we all talked about the flaws we saw in this team. If the Grizzlies come back and win this in five now, we have to remember Minnesota is not a good team. Like Minnesota is good at the things they did and then going to blow this series. And the fact that they pushed them and took control of things so easily, we have to remember that on Memphis going forward. This is not a team that's going to make a deep run. I think that's what we learned in this series. Yeah, I mean, my point I was trying to make is that the Grizzlies, their half-court offense is still abysmal. For large parts of that game, they could not score in a half-court, and it felt like Minnesota beat themselves. Yeah, we'll talk more about that in a, in a little bit. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code BUCKETS and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper and use promo code BUCKETS when you deposit. Term and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Okay, back to the show. Uh, Mavs Jazz. So this one I nailed, uh, but it's only 2-1, right? Lucas coming back game four. The Jazz are in huge trouble. They're melting down. Snyder finally benches Rudy Gobert. Um, I guess the question here, Brandon, is one, how you feeling about 14-1? to one? And then two, like, look, if you're going to buy low. This is a spot to buy low on Utah, right? Like, they've got game four at home. They they win that, and it evens the series. They got to retake another one in Dallas. Lucas coming off of an injury, all these types of things. Um, I, like for me, like I'm good because I bet the Mavericks plus 500 after game one. That was like I said before the series, my series guide was wait until game one and then bet plus and then bet it after game one because the Mavs will be a longer dog and they'll be live. I'm good. I've added to my Mavs position. I'm good. Uh, if you haven't bet on the series yet, for me, I'm not going to, but it would be jazz or nothing. If you're a new batter, knowing what you know right now, you would consider a jazz bet. That's that surprises me. Um, I just don't know like what the price you're going to get. I guess I'll, let me look at what the price is for, um, for Dallas right now. I think that that obviously matters here. Like Dallas is minus two thirty five. It's not bad for them to win the no. series. Um, you can go in on Dallas minus one and a half at plus one fifteen, right? So that's four two. That's pretty good value. Do you want to yeah, get it on? The, pro- the problem is that the home away thing is backwards than what it feels like. So yeah, now you're yeah. betting on them winning in Utah in game six, which, which they can, but it's not a great spot. Yeah, you, can go, you can go the full, you can go the full way and go Dallas minus two and a half to win in five to win the next, like to basically do what Utah has done every year, which is they lose yeah. consecutive games to, to lose <clears> out uh, yeah. at plus two ninety. What do you think, Roth? I don't think you bet this series at all. I think you take the Mavericks futures. If the Mavericks lose game four, which is, I mean, very likely, um, they are five-point underdogs, the price goes down. And why would you want to take the Jazz at this point? I, I just, to me, back in this team, even at plus 194, I think you just you just put yourself in a bad position. So I think at this point, you're late to the party. Play some Mavericks futures. So, Rob, one well, thing I, that was interesting, well, we'll, we'll save this for when we do that at the end. Um, let's go to Sixers-Raptors, okay? So does this series... Raheem, the way I feel about Sixers futures right now is I feel like this is the the apple in the garden. I feel like this is like, look how awesome they were. And beat hits the shot. They were supposed to, like everyone thought the Raptors were the trendy upset pick. 
They're dominating. They're going to sweep them. Sixers to the championship, baby. And I'm kind of like, hmm. When things look best, that's when I trust Philly sports to fail. When things look best, that's when I trust Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, and James Harden to fail. So, I, I, like, I've made this very clear about how I feel about this ne- the second round series, but I don't like Sixers futures here. What do you think about the series and futures? I mean, this is going to be a sweep. So I expect the, the Sixers to kind of just end this. Look, the Raptors can't score in a half court. Basically, they have to capitalize on the Sixers not being able to score, which I don't see happening. So I think they're going to wrap this thing up. As far as Sixers futures, I'm not really too excited about it. But one thing I will continue to say is that their starting lineup is has been the second best starting lineup in terms of net rating since the All-Star break, since they traded for Hart. So even though this team doesn't have a bench, that starting lineup is going to be tough to stop. And you still got to deal with Embiid and Hart going to the free throw line in their home games at will. So I'm not going to be playing any futures on them, but I do think their series against Miami is a pick that anyone can win. Obviously, Glenn has his struggles with coaching. So it's like I think Spo has the edge there. Uh, right, Raptors fans who were calling him Glenn did say that he's been upgraded to Doc in their minds. That's he, he has earned back his nickname there. Uh, Brandon, can I interest you at Raptors plus two and a half at six to one? No, I thought about I do think honestly that it's in play. I don't know that I believe that this is just a sweep because I think the Sixers believe it's a sweep, but I'm going to show up and play accordingly and that the Raptors will try hard. And I also could see the Sixers lose that game and then be like, oh, well, it's fine. We'll just go home and get that one. And then still not really entirely show up. Like that's just, that's what I think about Joel Embiid and James Harden's mentality. However, you can bet Sixers and six at plus 1400 or Sixers and seven at plus 2000. So I really don't like that. Really. That's the angle to do is just cobble a little bit of that. I'm done with the series. Like the Raptors just didn't match up. Right. I, I'm, I might just nibble just tiny, tiny nibble on one of those things just because I just, I'm happy to bet against the Sixers team. And I agree with you, Matt, on the futures thing. This is just the shiny apple. And I, I am not, I, you can't take away from what we've seen in these three games. Holy crap. The Sixers are going to win the title. Now this is the most matchup dependent team out of any of these NBA contenders. And it's, this was the right matchup. You guys nailed that. The Raptors had the injuries good on Philly, no, not taking anything away from them. They're going to win the series, but this doesn't really tell me much about their future. Warriors nuggets. I think we all agree. This is going to be a sweep. Nuggets play much better in game three. Their best effort wasn't good enough. It's going to be a sweep. I don't look, the, the Warriors might completely screw around in game four just so they can get the game five back on the bay, but I don't expect it. I'm going to be on Warriors again. Um, I will say, look, comparison here, three, six, right? Three, six Philly, where I'm like, hey, you're looking really good versus an outmatched team. The Warriors are looking very good versus an outmatched team. Uh, I, I will tell you, we're gonna, when we get to the second round, I'm going to disagree with you guys in terms of like Brandon saying the Wolves are not a good team. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that they're a very flawed team in contextual situations. Sure. I think their overall basketball ba- possession to possession is good. And I think that there's uh, that if that Memphis's ability to beat them is actually impressive to me. And I'm going to be very interested to see a Memphis uh, Golden State series and a cap that I'm going to start working on that this week since I'm expecting both these series to be wrapped. Do either of you have anything to say on Warriors Nuggets? Can we just move on? I mean, Steph Curry's got to be the sixth man of the year at this point. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I might have to bet the Nuggets money line somehow in game four, only because I had Warriors to sweep before the series plus 750. And yeah, then I, I had them plus 475 after game one, plus 225 yeah. before last night. I so, did. yeah, we're just cruising through this one. And I might have to take a little nibble on yeah. a hedge at this point, but as, as, feeling good. As Captain Hedge, I, I approve of this. Um, Heat Hawks. I don't honestly have a good feel for the series. I want we're, this is Friday morning. I want to see game three. I'm on Atlanta tonight. I'm expecting them actually to make this a series. I like a lot of this. Um, we'll mm-hmm. talk about a, a prop that I like in that game, um, a little bit later on, but or for game four rather. But I do think there's actually a little bit like I, I think there's a good chance the Hawks can get back in this series, but I want to see game three before I bet it. I need the assurance the price is going to drop, but I don't feel confident enough to get in on it now before game three brandon this is another one of those spots i'm I'm totally with you on the read i also don't feel confident i like to see game three but i want the price i want the payout i'm getting before i get to see game three hawks in six is plus 2500 right now i'm a nibble because i think 
that Atlanta can win game three. I think Atlanta can win game four. Suddenly it's two, two. I, if there's, I love, I know we said about the thing where you go down O2 and the, the record is, is pretty infallible, but I love the spot where if you like a team and they're down O2 and the way that the series is set up now, two, two, one, 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 if the Hawks can win these two games at home, basically like they only have to win one road game to take the series. Still, they can go win, win at home, go to Miami. And it's certainly, obviously they're an underdog there. But we know the Hawks can win on the road. We've seen Trey relish in that environment and then come back. Like, it's a long shot. That's why it's 25 to 1. But I think the Hawks are alive here. I think they can still make it a series. And if they can make it a series, I think they could still steal the series. The Heat are the better team, but the Hawks can't have one of those eight-minute meltdown stretches like they've had in both games or it's just a wrap. But if they can get there... As always, you want the, the big giant payout, and I'm happy with like a, just a plus plus number. Plus two and a half Hawks is, is plus 180, Raheem. Like yeah, that. I was just, I was totally about to say that. I think that's the way to go if you're going to bet the series. Look, when you look at Trey Young throughout the series, he's two for 17 from three point range. Nobody is shooting the three well, except for, except for both. And I expect it to change when, when they go home. So to me, I do think the Hawks can actually win game three and game four. Actually, it would be ideal for the Hawks to steal two games because then you get a better price on the Heat in round two. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to approach this game by game. I'm taking the Hawks first quarter and first half um, in game three, and then I think I'll move on from there. So I, I want to push back on the plus two and a, two and a half series because here's the reason. Let's, let's logic this through. If the Hawks lose game three, that ticket's dead, right? No, I, I – well, I, I – Mm, yeah you're right but like here's my thought process brandon is they win game three they lose game four i could see them winning game five in miami even though they're a bad road team and then pushing it to six like that's that's what i was gonna say i I guess if you can see that then maybe you play it that's the scenario that i don't think is super plausible so basically like this is the reason why i'd rather play the longer shot 2500 because i think to win the plus two and a half series i think they have to win game three and four because if you lose game three you're done and if you win game three, but lose game four, I, I honestly think Miami closes them out at home because of the home road splits and all that we've seen. So I think two plus two and a half, you got to win two games. And I think the games they'd have to win are these next two. And if they win the next two games, then I got a really good spot on my Hawks and six and a chance to hedge and a lot of opportunities at that point. So given the options, if I like the Hawks, I would rather play the, the bigger payout because you get a lot more options with a surprising from you. Uh, Bucks, Bulls, and Suns, Pelicans. We're, we're going to do these together. The Middleton news, I think, matters. I'm no longer like frantically trying to find cash out options for all my Bucks futures. I'm like, okay, maybe this is going to be okay. Uh, would really like to see the Bucks just come in and just demolish the Bulls. I would like to see them go to small ball. Actually, that's going to be tough because the idea is going to be like, well, they're already down mid. They can't go. They can't take Lopez out too. I just would like to see some Giannis at the five and switch all stuff. I think that could actually help. Um, Suns Pelicans. I just, I really need to see what the hell game three happens. I just need to see like what goes on. Uh, Raheem, do you have angles on either Bucks Bulls or Suns Pels? I think I would lean towards the Pelicans possibly winning that series. I don't really want to touch this Bulls series because I, I do think I'm expecting a big effort from Giannis in game three. Um, but I, I do like the, I do like the Pelicans. Okay. Brandon? Raheem still loves the coin flip Pelicans. He's unwilling to actually bet his real life money on. I don't like the Pelicans. I still, I'm still pretty confident in the Suns. It's unfortunately the Suns uh, price reflects that they're basically around minus 300 at most books. I think that's about right. I feel like the Suns are in pretty good shape. Suns minus one and a half in the series is plus 112. I like that because the Pelicans either have to win the series or take it to seven. I, I don't see it getting there. So I like that one. Um, I like the Suns in game three. We talked about that. I'll probably be taking them. The Pelicans are going to have to win both these games at home before I really take them seriously. The Bucks, I am slightly less worried now that you, I, I didn't know the Middleton news just as we're recording this, but I, I think that you absolutely cannot. If you're right now, if you're betting some futures, you can't bet Bucks futures. The prices for Bucks futures are so out of whack right now yeah, I agree. I agree. because yeah. I, and the one, the one future that I could see betting if you want, because it's a way to fade the, the long future, Bucks to lose in the semis is plus 210. 
I don't mind that one because I still feel pretty good about them against the Bulls. Like, I don't think it's overwhelming, but I think they should be able to do it. But now you get Boston, probably. Boston gets the home games. So Boston's going to start out with game one and game two at home, probably without Middleton still. Two weeks still puts them out those first few games. Boston has a pretty good shot to go up 2-0 at home. And now you're in the same spot with, with Brooklyn, where it's like, well, even if mid comes back and we, it's a coin flip game again, you still have to win four to five with like a worn out Giannis and a shaky Middleton, whatever he's at. So I, I think that's an interesting angle. What do you think about Bucks to lose in semis? I don't like it. Just me personally. It's a, it's fine to bet. I get the, I get your reasoning. I think so much of this though, is like, I want to counter program a little bit of like the whole who looks too good in the first round, who looks like they're in trouble. Um, there's going to be an adjustment period when the Celtics have to go against an actual defense. Like I've seen this before where a team has a really easy time in the first round versus whatever defense they're playing. And then they run up into, Oh, these guys actually guard us. And there's I mean, a little there, bit are, are they really an actual defense with no yeah. wings? That's what I was going to say. I do, do the like, bucks. The bucks haven't been a great defense all year anyway. And now Middleton is out. I, I'm not so sure that that counts as a great well, defense right we away. We'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, we'll the Rosen playoff, the Rosen cost Cole Kobe just dropped 41. Yeah. Do you think it's going to happen again? I mean, I think, I, Taylor, I mean, I think that's the bulls. I'm just saying, buddy, my you bet the is, Bulls and the Pelicans, your payoffs. My, my, point, my, point, my point is that if, if Costco Kobe is doing this, what is Tatum and Brown going to do with no mid? But if mid's back middle of that round. But like, look, we saw Giannis go out with a similar injury and then come back and just obliterate everyone. Chris Middleton is not that. Like, I, I, think, okay. I think it's a mistake to just assume that the two weeks is exactly accurate and that he'll just come back and be Middleton again. Like, I'm going to trust the Bucs until they lose. And I've, I've just decided to die on this hill. I don't know why. I've just decided. <laughs> I think I was man. on that hill. And then I watched the first two games and was like, help get me off the hill. I'm picking a different hill. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's do best bets. We're going to run through these really quickly. You got about 30 seconds uh, per game. If you got more than one, roll through them. But we got to go real fast on these. Raheem, let's start with Sixers Raptors game four this weekend. Uh, let's look at what the Action Network app says. The Sixers are minus three. Line has not moved despite uh, both 70% tickets and money on Philly. Line has not moved. It's still minus three. Totals 213 and a half. You got to play? Take Philly. Here they come. Lay to three. I would lay this up to about three and a half. I think once you get to four or five, I think it starts to be a little bit inflated. But I think the Sixers sweep this team. I'm staying away. Uh, I had Raptors money line in game three. That wasn't painful at all. In overtime, good God, precious Achua, why? Uh, Brandon, do you have an angle on this? Uh, mostly just to stay away from me. You can do plus 725 for the Raptors to get it to six. Like that's the Raptors plus two and a half. So I might just do just a tiny, tiny nibble just based on uh, fading the, the Sixers mentality. But I, I don't really have much interest in that one. I think I'm going to probably take Harden props over just because I think the Sixers or the Raptors will continue to try to play off of him and make him a playmaker. Um, and give up a little bit more space. And I think it's like, look, eventually I think the numbers are going to work out in Harden's favor. I'm not saying he's due. That's bad logic. I just think uh, the number is probably going to be adjusted. I'll be looking at, uh, if the number is not good, I'll stay away from it, but I'll be looking at, at Harden points, rebounds, assists probably uh, in game four, Dallas, Utah game four, Utah minus five in this game, still favored raw. We were right. You know, Drew said he caps uh, Luca at five. And I think that's probably a good estimation. Yeah. But the books are not. This is pretty clearly. It was eight, moved to six and a half on the news he might play, went back up to eight when he was when he was ruled out. I got it at seven and a half. I didn't wait long enough. Yeah, uh, I took it at seven and a half as well. Okay, still got it. Um, but this kind of shows like Luca's worth Luca's worth three points to the spread, like most star players are. Uh 68% of the tickets, only 55% of the money on da- on Dallas. Are we, so, are we, is, is Luca definitely playing or is he just likely playing? It's Stein. Let me put it this way. When Mark Stein says they're expecting a return, you can sure. trust that Luca Doncic is going to play. Luca's yeah. going to play game four. Raw, what do you have for a 212 is a total? It's up. I played the over in this one. I still like the over again in game four. That's going to be my play on Dallas, Utah is over 212. Yeah, I'm seeing some 211s and a half. I think you can grab that. I'm staying away from the side just because I do not like high usage players in their first game back. I think there is um, there is some Ewing theory stuff with this that could occur. So if the, if the Jazz won this game, it wouldn't surprise me. 
even though I think they're dead, I don't want anything to do with the side. Yeah. Like if you're going to bet it, you almost have to bet Utah and no one more, who, who wants to bet Utah. So uh, yeah. I'll probably be on Maxi Kleba over threes again. And I'm going back to the well with Gobert overs, Brandon. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to the well with a Brandon with the Gobert rebounds, even after six last night. Yeah, I don't, I don't want Gobert overs. I have Gobert unders in my notes. Look, I, I think that game three is the, I don't know if it's the beginning of the end. Maybe it's the end of the end. I think the Gobert era is done. Uh, my, my 1400 ticket is gone. You can have it. Who wants it? Prop, prop swap, come and get it. But look, after game two, like this, this is it. You guys were right. I was wrong. I had the cap wrong. The, the Jazz just gets solved. And I think the Jazz are solved. And like you said, Matt, they basically got swept out once they got solved each of the last two rounds. And I think that's what's happening here. After I saw the replay of the Clippers series and was like, oh, yeah, that wasn't just, it is hot shooting. But it was more than that. It's the same thing. The thing you guys try to convince me of that I never got there. But I took Mavs in five plus 1600. And so I can't really play much on this game because I would absolutely play Mavs money line. If you don't have that ticket, I would play the Mavs. I think the series is done. I think Utah has been solved. The one way Utah actually got into the game in game three was benching Rudy Gobert and being like, wait a minute. You, you're allowed to do the thing where you take off the guy that doesn't do the thing and then spread it out and we can score. And suddenly they scored points again. And they're like, oh, well, this, this, this seems like cheating. Put Gobert back in. Oh, shoot. We lost now. Like, yeah. I, I think it's done. I think Gobert is done. I think the year is done. Here's the spot we're at. Game four, Utah is staring in the face. But look, if Utah loses, this game is done. We're going back to Dallas down one to three. The Jazz are not showing for that game. This is for the franchise. This is, guys, for the Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Quinn Snyder Jazz, we got to band together in front of our home fans. Don't we love ourselves? We got to save the team. Yes. Nope. They don't love each other. They don't want to save the team. You sure? You guys have been clear about that all year. I think, I think it's over. If you yeah, I, I, man, I think your, your play on the over makes the most sense. I mean, with both teams shooting as many threes as they, as they are, taking Gobert off the floor. I think that's an easy over. They got to come back when Pascal is on the floor with their overall numbers they lost. Uh, they mm-hmm. are winning, however, the Hassan Whiteside minutes. It's really crazy. I know this sounds nuts. I've never been a Whiteside guy. I legitimately think that they should play Whiteside. Yeah. But I that's, that, that's, I don't like the mm-hmm. Gobert overs for that reason. I, I worry that he could really like lose extended minutes yeah, again. I'm actually, I, I'm convinced. Is, is this the new Steven Adams prop? I'm with you. Yes. We, might be on, we might be on the under. Yeah, I'm it's, with it's Brandon. An under, so especially yeah. points. He, he hit the point over yesterday because he came in late and got two dunks at the end and went six for six. And Joe Dallaire and I are still angry about it, but I'm definitely on the points under. I don't know about rebounds because he can rack them up. Once you pull the plug once, like they embarrassed him. They embarrassed him in front of the home crowd and they just benched him at a must win spot. Once you do that once, like the cat's out of the bag and it's coming again. Boston, Brooklyn game three. Totals 223, down from 223 and a half at open. Uh, Nets are three and a half point favorites at home. That's a lot for, for Brooklyn here and what I, with what I don't think is a great home crowd. Uh, 72% of the tickets on Brooklyn, 92% of the money. And yet it's not moving, Raheem Palmer. Uh, if we look at the signals, Brooklyn, however, is getting the money. We're tracking sharp signals on them. We've got three moves on Brooklyn from sharp money. Not a lot, but a, but a little bit. Uh, looks like everybody likes Brooklyn in this spot. What do you think for game three? We're going to go with our first half angle. I mean, that's 31, 11, and one. We'll take the Nets first half. We're also going to take the, the first half over 108 and a half. It's a little bit short. I think you get some points. I mean, look, the way the Nets win is through their offense. So I think they get some offense in this game. And I think they cover the first half. They've covered the first half in every game of the series. So I think desperate, they're going to do the same thing again. Raheem, what's the what's the thirty one eleven and one like? What's what's the full staff? Um, um, since two thousand and five, home teams down 0-2 coming home are thirty one, eleven and one in the first half against Oof. the spread. Is that just first round, or is that just any playoff series? In, any playoff series. Okay. Yeah, since two thousand five per bet laps. Yeah, I can't remember one or both of you said this before. When the line is three and a half, I'm just taking the points here for the Celtics. Uh, I, I just the the series has proven closer than I expected to be game by game, and it's, it's very easy for me to see the Celtics win this game. It's very easy for me to see this come down to a possession or two, and the Celtics lose a close one but still cover. So 
I haven't been playing a lot on this series because I just don't have a great feel for it. And these are two teams with really talented players. And you just never know like who's going to show up and just be like, yeah, actually Kevin Durant just put up 47 points and won the game because that can happen any night that Kevin Durant feels like it. So I will, I probably will be on Durant overs here. Just this is not a play I normally would make, but I just, Kevin Durant is too good to have three awful games in a row. So just just that I'll take the points. I'm going to play the turnovers still because they're they're still there and the line hasn't adjusted. But I think KD shows up. I'll take the points with the Celtics. I think I'll add on to your point, um, Brandon. Not only do you take the points with the the team that's, I mean, who's getting the points pregame, but I think in each of these games, if a team goes down 10 and you can get them at 9, 10 in the live markets, take them. I took the Nets um, live plus 10 in game one. You could do the same thing in game two with the Celtics. I just think there's a lot of variance in these games. The Celtics, they go through droughts where they can't score. And then the Nets, they go through stages where they can't stop the other team. So if any team gets down 9, 10, I think you got to take the points. Uh, I like Bruce Brown points, rebounds, assists. He had a rough game, game one because of the motivational factor. They're at mm-hmm. home. They found something in game two with running side pick and roll with KD and Brown. That's how he got off to that really good start. And it was there throughout the game. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab points, rebounds, assist on Bruce Brown overs. Uh, Memphis, game four in Minnesota. Memphis is a three-point favorite now versus the Wolves. 76% of the, of the tickets, 94% of the money on the Grizzlies, thinking that they're going to take care of business at home. 232.5 is the total. Uh, I've been betting the under Raheem. This is now down enough to where I'm going to stay away from that. Uh, can't really bet this since I like the Wolves on the tactical side, but I don't want to watch them lose another 20-point lead. So I'm just going to go ahead and take my L and stay away from game four. I'm taking the Wolves. That was about as bad as of a loss that could possibly happen. But when I look at these two teams, the Wolves, to me, they have the better starting line. And they have the better offense, the better half-court offense. I'm rolling with them to get it done. Um. Look, I get it. Like it's you're getting plus three. You're getting the home. You're getting the home team plus three in what's been a competitive series. You have to argue. You have to say it's been competitive. I get it. I'm too scarred. But if I was on a play, I would be back. I would be going back to the well with the Wolves. Brandon, be honest with you, I think they're a better team, straight up and down. What do you think, Brandon? I don't know that I agree that they're the better team, but I'm with both of you on this. Like. For me, it's not having bet it. It's just it's my my heartbreak and scar as a Minnesota fan. So I can't. I'm already too invested uh, with my heart on this one. But th- this is a bad line to me because the Timberwolves have shown for huge stretches of the series so far that they are as good or much better at times. They're at home. It's a must win to save the season. Wolves plus three, I, I think, is the right play here. Honestly depending on how you feel about the whole, the discipline and can the wolves come back from the stomach punch of all this? I don't know. I don't know what to make of all that. And I can't give you advice on that as a Timberwolves fan. Cause I, I'm too, I'm too deep. However, if you don't believe in that stuff, wolves to cover here, wolves at plus five sixty in the series, the way that we've seen them look should be a good price for you. I can't do it. Matt can't do it. Because we've been burned too much. I can't do it. I'm doing. It. I'm taking. The, I'm taking. I'm, I'm taking the wolves plus five sixty. I'm putting my real money on it. Let's go. All right. I'm putting Let's my go. real money on that. Uh, Warriors Nuggets. I got nothing here. I'm good. I'm set. I had. I bought. I bought Warriors minus two and a half before the series. I got Warriors sweep. I got Warriors minus two and a half after game one. After game two minus one. Like I have Warriors every which way. I'll probably nibble on Warriors. I'll probably throw them in a parlay uh, as on the money line. Um, Denver, I think, threw their best shot and missed. The, they might fight. They might cover. Uh, so I'm not going to play the spread. There's no real prop angle. Oh, I do have a prop angle for you. Jeff Green under points, rebounds, assists. Um, he's not a good matchup in this. Uh, I lucked out last night because Malone shouldn't have closed with him, and he did, and he still got under. So Jeff Green points, rebounds, assists under. You can find it because they have to have it on the board because he's a starter. So that's my best bet for this game is Jeff Green points, rebounds, assists under. Brandon, what do you think? So I mentioned before, yeah, I'm with you. I had I have just a huge position on the Warriors that like I really the correct play here is I should find a way to hedge nuggets somehow on a money line, or if they especially if the Warriors take a lead, just to kind of like it's not just that I need the Warriors to win, but I have so much on the the sweep that they need to win this game. 
but it's me and I don't really like hedging and I like going for the big payday. So I'm going the other way. You ready for this? I want Warriors minus 10. I want Warriors minus 15, minus 20. Find me the alternate lines. We're done. This is done. Give me the blowout. Mm -hmm. Give me like the Jokic got ejected in the third quarter and (laughs) all of it. It's we're done. I like it. I like that angle. Yeah. Um, Bucks Bulls. Here's my only take. I'll tell you it's minus two and a half as we record this on Friday afternoon. And you'll know the result of this when you hear this podcast, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I will tell you, I will tell you is regardless of outcome, I'm going to be on the bulls in game four. If the bulls win game three, mm-hmm. I think the bucks are going to start panicking. And then anytime that that's the case, I definitely want to be fading bud. So I will take the, the bulls in game four. If they win game three, if they lose game three, I think the bulls probably come back in a desperation effort in front of their home crowd and they win game four. So either way, uh, I'm hoping, obviously, that it's like a, the Bucks win game three and then I can bet the Bulls money line game four at a better price. But even if the Bucks win uh, game three, this isn't going to move more than to like a pick them for game four. They can't, I don't think, make the Bulls a favorite here. They'll take too much money on Milwaukee. So I'm still going to get a good price on it. I'm taking I'm going to be on Chicago no matter what in game four, depending on how game three goes. I'm going to be looking at Zach Levine points, rebounds, assists. Because I think there's going to be opportunities with what the Bucks are going to do defensively that I think is going to open up opportunities for Zach Levine to have a stronger performance. I think mid going out helps Zach Levine more than any other bull. Those are my two plays for game four, which we don't know the line for. Brandon, do you have any sort of thoughts on this? Yeah, I do. I actually have a similar angle, but slightly different, which is I agree that I also kind of have what I think is a mostly locked in game four read. For you, you're on bulls either way. For me, I'm either way on the team that goes down 2-1. I, I just, I, I think that it's going to be close. I think, who I, like, I, I don't know. I'm not doing much on game three just because I don't know what this looks like yet without Middleton. But I feel like I'm going to take the points on the team that needs to tie this back up. And it feels now without Middleton like this is going to stay tight and longer on the series. So I just want to take the team that's down in the series for now. Let's wrap up quickly. We got yeah. uh, two more games on the slate. Heat Hawks, Pell Suns, game four. Raheem, do you have any contingent plays? I think that's probably for you. It's going to be no. Like, you're like, I got to see game three on the, both of these, right? Um, Look, if the Hawks win game three, I, I think I may I may come back on them um, in game four. But, I mean, obviously, they lose game three. It's, it's a wrap. Um, as far as the Pelicans, Suns, I'm looking at the Pelicans for probably both of these games. I, the way Brandon is approaching the the Bulls Bucks series, I think that's the way to approach Pelicans Suns. I think this this goes back to Phoenix too. Too, Brandon, any, any angles on those games? I don't have anything on those. I'm uh, the same and the opposite. I I don't have much on Heat Hawks. I kind of need to see how Game Three goes. I'm on the Suns for Game Four. Like I, I don't know what would have to happen in Game Three for me to not play the Suns again in Game Four. If 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 the Pelicans really are the coin flip team here and going to win the series, I'm just going to lose money on game three and game four on the Suns. Phoenix is too good for me not to give them two games of credit against a sub 500 team. They're going to have to just take my money. They are a real sub 500 team. We got to We got to clarify that. So, I mean, with with CJ McCollum in the line, they were playing at a 52 game pace or whatever. So it's just so funny to me. And I got to mention this because Brandon and Matt, you guys have both done 180s on things that you believe the entire year with Matt it's the Nets with Brandon. You've been saying all year, you don't believe in the Suns team, but I, this is not, I don't believe in the Suns to win the championship. This is not the championship. This is the Pelicans. I yeah. don't believe in the Pelicans. That's yeah. what I don't believe in. I don't yeah. believe in the Pelicans. That's I'm not fair. scared of the Pelicans. I'm not scared of CJ McCollum. I'm not scared of Brandon Ingram, the Suns defense and the Suns depth and overall team and coaching. I believe in all of those things against the Pelicans. Bet, bet, this is not a betting angle. I'll just say, this is a big time pressure spot for Mikhail Bridges for the first time in his career. Yeah. Like, he's got to be a guy here. Like he's got to be, and he was rough in game two. So like, he was fighting for his life against Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Like Mikhail's going to have a bounce back game three and four, all those games. All right. Let's get around <laughs> for buckets. Long episode. Great episode. Great conversation. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at action network HQ. I'm at HP basketball. Raza. I am Rostradamus. Brandon's at, at Wheaton Brando. Check out the Action Network app. You guys are great. We'll see you guys again next time. Let's get buckets.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.